Hey, what's up? This is Renee from the Grow and Behold podcast. I just want to sneak a little note in here before you listen to this episode. When I first started this podcast, it was called the Business Babes Broadcast, but it has since been renamed and rebranded to the Grow and Behold podcast. So you are going to hear me refer to this as the Business Babes Broadcast. Don't worry. Everything's fine. You're listening to the Grow and Behold podcast. I just, I don't want to get rid of these first few episodes because they're a big part of the whole journey of the podcast. Um, So yes, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the episode. There's a really big push on self-care at the moment, really being product-based. And I, I have to say, I don't really agree with that. Hey, this is the Business Babes broadcast, where you'll hear conversations about the struggles of business with real small business owners. My name is Renee. I build websites and work with all sorts of businesses. And when I need some self-care as a business owner, I make sure to take some time off work so that I can focus on my other smaller business ideas. (laughs) I need help. Luckily, in this episode, I'm talking to Crystal Noble from Noble Naturals about self-care as a small business owner, dealing with copycats, and a lot more. Crystal Noble is the owner of Noble Naturals, a home-based business in Vernon, BC that makes beautiful self-care and skincare products. Noble's Naturals has been selling online since 2020 and offers cleansers, serums, lotions, bath and body products, all made in small batches using natural ingredients. Hi, Crystal. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Oh, it's so nice to hear your voice. <laughs> I remember the first time I think you posted like a selfie or the first time I'd seen you post something and I was like, a face. <laughs> I know I'm definitely a behind the scenes kind of a person. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So just before we talk business, um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and who you are like as a person and kind of how you got here to this point in your business? Absolutely. Yeah. So Um, My last name is Noble, which is um, where Noble Naturals came and stemmed from. And I used to be a vice president for a natural skincare and supplement company a long time ago um, before it closed down. And that was kind of where I really began my passion for natural products and natural, the natural community. Uh, While I was there, that's when I really started to learn about the ingredients that make up the products that we use on our skin, um, on our hair. And it it just absolutely blew my mind learning about that. And that's kind of how this my passion for natural self-care really, really came about. If a lot of people knew what our what our skincare actually did to our bodies, um, people would be a lot more alarmed and outraged than they really are. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So so that's really where um, Noble Naturals kind of stemmed from was learning all of those things. Um, and finding a way that I could best deliver that to people. And, you know, it takes so long to learn all of these different things. Um, And obviously, I want to share that with people, I want to help them be able to learn about the ingredients and, you know, what you have to look out for and things like that. But I thought if I can also make a product line that is already caters to that demographic that helps those people, and that it just can be a trusted, reliable source, then you know, that's kind of hitting two birds with one stone because I'll teach you, but I can also provide that reliable good for you. That's great. Yeah. To provide that education along with the product. I think that's really beneficial as a business because you're, you know, even if people aren't going to buy your products, they may follow along just for, for the education. And then, you know, maybe they'll be like, you know, I need that self, (laughs) that self love spray. (laughs) Exactly. 
Um, so you use mostly natural ingredients in your products, and that mm -hmm. was obviously an intentional choice. Um, what's my question here? Was it difficult or maybe would it have been easier to just kind of choose ingredients that were not natural or, or you know, didn't fit with those values that you have with your business? Absolutely. They're easier to source. They're, um, they're way cheaper. Um, they make for a much better profit profit margin and a lot of them will deliver a faster result than using a natural product which of course when people switch to a new skincare routine they want you know everyone wants fast and long lasting results but the problem is that with so many of those products um, if you use those ingredients it would have been easier but your skin to a certain point it'll either become addicted to those products and then they stop working as well for you and then you have to switch to another product and then you know it's kind of all of these temporary fixes down the line and that just really didn't agree with what i wanted my business to be um because i really want people's skin you know i want to help heal your skin and make you feel comfortable in your skin and confident in your skin and i don't want you you know to only be able to use my product for two weeks or two months and then all of a sudden it stops working for you. So yeah, it, was, it definitely would have been easier and sourcing natural ingredients only gets harder and harder, especially as the demand and the market grows for it. And there's lots of other amazing small businesses that are like me that make other amazing skincare products that are different from mine. Um, and of course they're trying to source those ingredients as well. And everyone only wants to give their customers the best. So it makes it extremely more difficult worrying about sourcing natural ingredients and especially naturally natural ways to preserve your products really. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I didn't even think about like preserving products that keeping them on the, well, not necessarily a shelf, but maybe a shelf or at, in, at someone's counter at home. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I try to aim to have all of my products with a shelf life of anywhere between two to four years, depending on what they are. Um, and there, But there's lots of natural products that really won't last that long. And one area that I do use a product or an ingredient that's not natural um, is for some of my creams, I'll use a non-natural preservative, but it's actually safer than some of the other natural preservatives that are out there. Mm, and, it, and yeah, and it just helps rely, makes, makes it a more reliable product. So, you know, you can buy it from a store, from my website, and then you can still have it in your bathroom. If you, you know, tuck a hand cream in the back of your medicine cabinet, you can still use it in a year. It's not going to be bad. So it kind of also helps you get better bang for your buck that way. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And how do you ensure like when you're sourcing your ingredients how do you ensure that you're you know you're getting things that are quality or cruelty free um you know like how do you how do you know what you're getting so that you can pass that on to your customers it is super difficult um i mean i i wish i would have calculated how or started tracking in the beginning of my business how many hours i spent on finding reliable suppliers because it's something that you guys never see on the other end, um, but it took hundreds and hundreds of hours to find the suppliers that I have that have been able to offer me cruelty-free certifications for their ingredients, that have been able to offer me safety data sheets so that I can see the, the, um, the chemical breakdowns of the ingredients that I use. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of online, um, you know, just like with every market there's, that's um, a little saturated there are a lot of suppliers online that they say they're selling one thing and really it's just you know it's olive oil that has a fraction of a different ingredient so 
it's really important for me to get those safety data sheets so that I can actually confirm the nutritional breakdown of the products that I use, um, ensure that they're going to have a nice long shelf life for you guys. And I'm not getting products that are close to the rancidity point, especially for oils. That's something that's um, a really big thing to worry about. Honestly, it's taken, taken year, it was years of work behind the scenes for me to find the right suppliers to be able to do what I do. Wow. That's a lot of work. Um, I think a lot of maybe people don't realize how much the research that goes into it. Yeah, it's research for natural products is, um, you know, anyone can whip something up and, you know, push it out the door. But whether it's going to work is a totally different story. And sometimes it's it's funny because I find a lot of people, one of the most common um, compliments that I get on my skincare, other than how amazing their skin feels is, that my products do exactly what they say they're going to do. And it blows my mind because some people are just shocked by this fact. And I just feel like that should be the, the gold standard when it comes to products that you're purchasing. Yeah, that tells you a little bit about the industry. Hey? Yeah, when they're like, exactly. it does its job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked that it actually made my skin soft and made it clear and calmed it down. Yeah. Oh, geez, standards are low. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough out there. Um, so self-care is a big part of your brand and your products, of course. Um, how do you show how do you show yourself self-care as a business owner and also just as a person? Self-care for me always has varied. Uh, sometimes self-care for me is doing a full routine, having an extra luxurious long bath with candles and crystals and salts and as many bath oils as I can squeeze in there. And then going to do a full mask routine and exfoliation, head to toe moisturization, hair treatments. And sometimes self-care for me is literally eating a bag of whatever junk food I feel like and watching two shows of whatever show I have on the go that are sometimes good shows. And I'll admit sometimes not so good shows. Um, you know, it really, I feel like my self-care radar really fluctuates and I kind of just do what, what I feel like I need. Um, to calm down from that small business life, which never, never really ends. <laughs> I think that's a really important point is that self-care isn't like, not only does it look different for every person, but it mm -hmm. can look different for different situations and different types of like unwinding or winding up or whatever you you kind of need in that, that day. Exactly. I have some girlfriends that their self-care is going for a huge hike or going to the gym and I have others where it's a full, you know, like it's more of a pampering session with nails and getting your lashes done and getting your hair done. And then I have other girlfriends where, you know, it might mean going for a drive by yourself and listening to your favorite songs. Um, it's, it's really so unique. And I think there's a really big push on self-care at the moment, really being product-based. And I, I have to say, I don't really agree with that because I think it can be so different um, for everyone. And I think a lot of people are probably like me where, you know, self-care, it depends on if you're really tired that, that day and you have no thought process left and you just want to watch your TV show, um, you know, or if you want to go for a three hour pampering session at the spa. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the idea of self-care, I think sometimes people think it's like only bubble bath or like, you know, like just, it, it, it gets kind of, narrow-minded in what self-care is and so I think just even some of the ideas you just listed there is like really great to kind exactly. of just think of it differently it's not just although it is often bubble baths for me exactly I know yeah you have a very <laughs> luxurious you. bath yeah exactly yes that's true <laughs> um yeah I think 
as like just for business specifically some ways that um i like to set myself some self-care is um boundaries um for example like sticking to my work hours or like saying no to projects which is hard but like if my plate is full saying mm -hmm. i don't have time um that can be a, a form of self-care that is um that can be really beneficial for a business and then my other favorite is like a little digital detox so whether it's like a day a weekend even an afternoon, just like really saying goodbye, social media, goodbye, phone, and just kind of like connecting. And maybe that's also part of like going for a hike and stuff like that. You're like just disconnecting yourself from the business that is constantly buzzing in your brain. Exactly. I mean, I think for all of us, even when we try to turn our brains off and take those moments for ourselves, I think that our small business is still always on our minds because that just kind of is how it is when you have your own business and you're an entrepreneur and you want to be successful and you're passionate about what you do. Um, but what you mentioned, I think, about really taking that time to turn off is so important because so many people just get burnt out nowadays, you know, between trying to do the nine to five and trying to do the side hustle and still trying to take that time for yourself. And I think um, it's just so important to recognize that before you get to that burnout point, because the time it takes to bounce back and what that does to your mental state is just so tough um, that I, I think that that's so awesome that you do that. And I, I have to say I'm guilty of that. And it's something that I definitely should, should be doing more for self-care on my end. Yeah, I find that I was for a long time, I was just like, because my business is on my phone and my phone is also a part of my personal life, mm -hmm. I would be, you know, on the couch at 10 PM and I would get a, a email from a client and I would start replying. <laughs> or if I didn't reply, I would just be like thinking of my response. And so I've had to really like, once I'm off work, unless it's an emergency or something, like if I get a customer or not a customer, sorry, a client email or a message, I swipe it away before I can even read the headline so that it doesn't intrude on my like personal time because it will it'll it'll buzz in my mm -hmm. brain if I even see it <laughs> and then and then the next morning it's it's fine it's waiting for them they are not necessarily expecting an answer at 10 p.m and if mm -hmm. they are that's a bit ridiculous <laughs> exactly no I think that's such an important and strong boundary to have as a, as a small business owner um, is that you really need to you're not always on call and it's really important to remember that mm -hmm. Yes, and it definitely took time, like I like years before I started being like, oh, I don't have to respond right away. Exactly. <laughs> and but I mean, it just goes to show also how passionate about you are about your business and your customers. And I feel like that because I'm so guilty of that, getting those messages late at night and being like, oh, I'll reply right now because it, I'm hyped up about this and I'm excited that this person sent me this nice message. Um, so I definitely, it's an area like I said that I could step back on myself. But I think it also just so so speaks to how much you take really take care of your customers and how important that is to you, which I can very much relate to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. And that's a good point because sometimes it's not just like stressful emails at night. You know, if, if someone's just like, love your products and you're like, heck yeah, like you want to respond. <laughs> exactly. But technically, it's still like a business brain moment, even if exactly. it's like exciting. <laughs> yeah, riding that wave of small business uh, DMs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the constant, constant. <laughs> um, and why would you say, like, if somebody is sort of just maybe starting out and they're like, oh, I just, I don't care about work-life balance. I just want the work. <laughs> well, <laughs> as someone who's been doing it for a little while, why would you tell that person that they should find that work-life balance? Like, why is it so important as a small business? 
as a small business, it's, it's extra important because especially if you are, have a nine to five and then you're going to try to operate a small business in all of your outside time. Um, and, and even the ones that don't, it's, it's something that it's so easy to allow you to consume your life 24 seven because you don't, you don't get to leave the office. You know, it's always there for you. Um, especially with so much of it being online now and on your phone. And just like you have that work and personal life blend, um, you, you know, you pick up your phone and, and you're working. And ultimately, if you don't take enough time to care, you know, to do those self-care things, whatever that means for you, you're going to burn out and it's going to take you a long time to come back. And, it, and you'll sacrifice both personally and your small business will, will also take a hit um, and feel that. So, you know, it's just, you need to, I think it's so important for people to be able to recognize, recognize that important moment before they're about to burn out. Um, because ultimately it's just going to take you so long to, so long to bounce back. It's not, it's not worth it. You got to take that time as stressful as that may be as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Speaking of stressful, um, (laughs) something, um, that you had mentioned, uh, in your Instagram a while ago was that somebody was, uh, playing copycat on, on your products. Can you tell me a little bit more about what happened? Absolutely. Yeah. I like, I like how your segue was talking, speaking about stress. Let's just move on to this next point. Yeah. I was like, well, that's going to work really well. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I unfortunately had someone and it happens in in the marketplace. I think um, when, when it happened, I, I addressed, I'm happy with how I addressed the issue. Um, It was something that I wanted to bring light on and um, to give the listeners a little bit of background, I had products, um, that were sold to this individual that loved these products and, um, started their own business, which is great. I think I support anyone who wants to do their own small business. Um, but unfortunately they decided to use the same product names and product ingredients and even go so far as to copy, um, my, personalized and written descriptions from my website right onto theirs, um, which was a really terrible feeling because I think in any industry, whether you're an artist, whether you're making skincare um, or, you know, kind of anything in between, like your products are such an extension of yourself. And that's something that's really important for me in my business is my products, um, as well as benefiting being created to benefit you is really to kind of share a piece of myself and something that will benefit you uh, and something that I'm passionate about. So in that situation to have someone just copy my product, you know, it wasn't special to them and it was just to make money off of something that was special to me. And that, that really hurt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't see me right now, but my jaw dropped when you said that they copied (laughs) not only your ingredients, your names, but your like descriptions too. It's like, Mm -hmm. like they're not even being sneaky. Not that they should be sneaky. That's not what I mean, but like, it's like a slap in the face. Exactly. Well, and the craziest part is that it was a copyright AI software that I used that caught it. Like that's how, that's how obvious it was because it was word for word. Um, Yeah. So, and it was just too bad because, you know, I think, you know, you can be, be inspired by someone, be inspired by other brands. Of course, like I see things that that I'm inspired by all the time, but I would never go and create a duplicate product um, or call something the same name and make a product that's absolutely identical or anything like that. um, And then put it on my website because, you know, like, I, I don't know, like that, there's just something so wrong with, with me about doing that. And I think, 
um, you know, like obviously everybody runs their small business to, you know, hopefully make it and, you know, be their own boss and all those different reasons. Um, but I would just feel like I was capitalizing off someone else's hard work and off of, you know, like, just like how my products are a piece of me, I would feel like I'm capitalizing off a piece of them and that just doesn't sit right with me. So when it all kind of happened, I reached out to the person and I just said, like, I understand, you know, that you love my products and that's why you're doing this. But, you know, if you could at least use a different name and, you know, write your own descriptions, that would be cool. And the response that I got back was pretty ugly. <laughs> um, where I, whereas I thought I was being pretty, pretty cool about what was happening, but um, obviously they didn't, they didn't feel that way. So, um, but I think, yeah, there, I think that's just such a big thing with, with the copying that does go on online is be inspired by someone, be inspired by a brand you love, an artist you love, but don't copy them because those are two totally different things. So don't tell yourself that they're the same. <laughs> wow. That's, that's crazy. What, so how, like, what are you going to do to prevent this from happening next time? Or like, what, what can you do? Exactly. You know, to an extent, there's nothing you really can do, especially when you are a small business, you know, you don't have the backing of legal teams. You don't have the backing of a business lawyer on retainer, a copyright lawyer on retainer. Um, thankfully, a lot of online places have gotten really good about copyright infringement because it is so rampant in the online marketplace. And how to deal with this, because um, it was ongoing for some time. I felt like I really had a big up and down with that. And some of, you know, I, I hate to say it, but some of some parts of me just kind of shut down. And I was like, well, then I just won't share this. And I'm sharing too much. And that, you know, it's helping other people rip off my products, essentially. And then I kind of had an awakening. And I just thought, you know what, if people are going to rip off my products, they're only doing it because my products are so awesome that they know they can make money off of ripping me off. Um, and, you know, it sucks, but it is what it is. And, you know, I just chose to tr take what I thought was the higher ground. And I don't want to change my business vision and my mission. And I don't want to have to sacrifice on information I'm sharing with my customers. Um, you know, because that's all of those things are important to me. And I'm not going to let someone ripping me off, take, take that away from my business. Yeah, I, it's definitely something that I'm seeing more and more is like, just a lot of uh, ripping off <laughs> small yeah. businesses, even with things like, um, like, sometimes you see things on like AliExpress that you're like, maybe oh, was like, goodness. yeah, like belongs to like, like the design is like a real artist, but now mm -hmm. somebody else is like ripped it off and they're selling it for super cheap. Um, and then online stores go ahead and buy those products. And then you have them in another 400 shops across small businesses in the US, you know, or in North America. So I know I, I know a few artists locally whose work's been stolen by AliExpress. And I have to say with skincare, that's an area that I am thankful that I could never be ripped off to that kind of extreme because it would just be far too difficult and expensive for them. Um, but these artists that I know, one makes jewelry and one makes sun catchers and other different kinds of jewelry. And both of them were just heartbroken for this to happen. And now all of these other stores are able to buy products, you know, and use their original photos because they got them from suppliers. And it's just, it's, it's really a sad situation. Um, and unfortunately there's, there's not really any way around it. It's just kind of the risk that you take with the way that the marketplace is and being as online as it, as it is now. Wow, that's so sad and so heartbreaking. Um, anyone who doesn't know what AliExpress is, it's an online retail service. I think it's based in China. Um, I think so, yeah. 
and so so they're so someone's taking the original like the photos the product photos and then they're just selling like a cheap knockoff of it and using their photos yeah it's terrible i both of these situations that i've seen they were using original photos and like one of them the person even had their cat in the photo like in their in their house taking the pictures and the person you know and then other put they're using the same pictures and saying that it's their cat and it's just like it honestly just blows my mind that this even happens um and just like just the deception in the online marketplace and i think that's why being upfront with my customers is so important to me because it's not something that you find regularly in the online marketplace and again you know standards are low because (laughs) it's not something that you you know that you get a lot in the marketplace so you don't really ask for it either (laughs) right yeah Gosh, well, my heart goes out to anybody that has experienced that. That is just awful. Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I'm, I'm thankful that um, my situation has more or less kind of um, dissolved. Um, but for those people, you know, t- you're, if you get ripped off and you're on AliExpress, you're never coming down. You know, there's, you just have no recourse in that way. Hmm. hmm. Gosh, I wish we had a better solution for that. I know, right? <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so something I'm going to ask everybody, because I, I am obsessed with uh, business names. Having named a couple myself, I, the process I think is so well, fun, but you know, frustrating. It can be a lot of things. <laughs> um, you did mention that Noble Natural, Noble is your last name, but um, can you tell us just uh, why you decided to go with that? Absolutely. Um, Noble being my last name. Uh, is obviously the big one. Um, but my business is all based around natural ingredients, natural healing, and the alliteration of the two just seemed like a, not no pun intended, but a natural combination. Um, <laughs> I, sorry, I couldn't, couldn't help myself. And it was also I love the, it. the best choice. Um, but no, it was just it just kind of fit, um, especially that a fact that I deal with botanicals, I deal with natural oils, I deal with crystals and salts, and um, it just really kind of all, it just made sense to me that that just should be be my name because it just so encompasses my business. And it also has that level of nobility, of regality. And it just, you know, like I believe that every woman is a queen and a goddess in her own right. And I really want that to be, um, for women to feel that way when they use my products and, you know, having the last name Noble just fit so well, um, with, with that mission that I want or with that vision that I wanted for my products and my brand name. Mm, that's perfect. Because before I, before I started doing like a little bit of research for the podcast, I didn't know it was your last name. And I, that was the idea I got was that it was just like for Queens and Royals. Oh, <laughs> I, I like it. No, okay, and then I was like, Oh, it's your name. Cool. <laughs> Um, if you could time travel back to when you first started um, getting into uh, building and running this business, what piece of advice would you give yourself back then? That is a hard one. But I think the biggest thing I would say is to not compare your business to other people's. I think even just saying it, it's almost an impossible thing to do. Um but there are so many other amazing small businesses out there and not all of them grow at the same rate. Not all of them can flourish at the same rate or, you know, expand their product lines at the same rate. And I, you know, grow followers at the same rate. I feel like that's such a big one. 
Um, and I think that would have really been my biggest piece of advice to myself starting my own small business would be don't compare yourself to other brands and businesses because they're all different in their own right. Um, and everything will happen as it's meant to for your, for your business. Oh, that is huge. That is definitely huge. Cause sometimes it can be like, oh, they've been doing it longer. So of course they have more, but then sometimes it's like, oh, they just got here and they have more. <laughs> I know that's a hard one. I think when, when businesses are less established than you. And you're like, what do you mean they have 5,000 followers? And what do you mean that they're in all these stores that I'm not? And, you know, yeah. so I think, you know, it's just people are going to love and gravitate to what they gravitate to. And my business is an extension of myself. So it's more important for me to stay true to that and go at the pace that is meant for my business. And in that moment, um, you know, than it would be to maybe cr have a product line that isn't, you know, in line with what I wanted to create um, just to maybe have some of that growth and, I have to say, I, I actually really respect businesses that are willing to do that too. Um, you know, just take, take that slow build and, you know, do, do what's right for you because ultimately you're going to be happier. You're going to be so much more satisfied in the product that you're putting out, the business that you're running. Um, than if you're, you know, if you decide to make big moves that are, you know, solely for financial benefit, um, and maybe don't really have your original intentions in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it's like, uh, I don't know, there's like a meme or somewhere where it's like two little flowers and it's like everyone grows at their own pace. That will always really help me because it's like, you really, you don't know what other people are like also doing in their life. Like if you, if this is like a job that you have on top of another job, as opposed to someone who has, you know, all the time in the world, or if, if you've got children or if you've got other obligations. So it's like, you can't compare yourself to anybody because you don't know what anybody else is up to <laughs> exactly and I think with the online community the way that it is I mean even if you posted all day long on your Instagram you're still only ultimately showing people what you want them to see yes um so I think that's a really important thing for people to remember when it comes to maybe feeling you know a little insecurity or feeling that imposter syndrome you know or the different negative feelings that can sometimes come with being in your own head and having a small business is that you know, you're only seeing what other people want you to see. So, you know, it's pretty hard to know the full, full story, like you said, of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that dang social media. I love it and I hate it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to make a playlist for um, those days that we're just sort of feeling like meh and like, you know, no motivation, which... <laughs> are often and frequent let's be real <laughs> um so can you suggest two songs that I can add to that playlist that um kind of give you that motivation absolutely um my number one go-to song that always pumps me up no matter how bad I'm feeling or um when I need to be energized is Way Up by Fiki F-E-E-K-I and my second song right now that I play a lot is Unstoppable by Sia. I've been a huge Sia fan ever since I was in high school. And try I remember I would always try to get my friends to listen to her. And they were like, she's kind of weird. And now she's really popular. So I'm like, <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> but so I, now her, just that song from her is so powerful. And I think uh, it's, it's a really good, good pick me up song when you're feeling a little down and you got to put your boss pants on and get your job done. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Sometimes you just got to put the boss pants on. Exactly. <laughs> um, so hard, where? Hard. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so no, you, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, it's just really hard when they're your own pants. Sometimes, sometimes it's not easy being your, your own boss and employee. 
Yes, that's true. And some days you don't even want to wear pants, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you work from home, right? So no, yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. I 100%. It's, it's there's pantless days. That's for sure. <laughs> I think only one time I was I wasn't wearing no pants but I was wearing sweatpants and then like I was in a meeting and then I got up to get something to be I was like oh let me just show you this and as I was walking back I was like oh my sweatpants <laughs> when COVID hit those were some of my favorite videos that were going around online the people wearing you know doing news anchor yeah. news anchor jobs from home and they would be wearing the full blazer like full up top and then a kid busts in or a dog or something and they have to get up to close the door and they're in their boxer shorts yeah. <laughs> busted exactly <laughs> um so where can people find you if they would like to give you a follow so you can find me on instagram at noblenaturals.ca and on facebook at the same handle um those are the places that i'm the most active that you'll find me and my website is noblenaturals.ca where you can also find a link to with other ways to get in touch with me and that's that's pretty much where i am <laughs> and then uh you can find me in stores around the okanagan for buying in person, um, Spirit Gypsy in Kelowna, The Handmade Shop in Kelowna, and The Pink Spotted Goat here in Vernon. And there's a few other exciting retailers coming up uh, in the summer months here too. Awesome. And where do you ship to? I ship worldwide. Um, so I have shipped, I mean, primarily my Canada, my customers are definitely in Canada and the United States, uh, but I've shipped to some pretty amazing destinations, including Scotland, Ireland, Australia, um, Dubai, and then a few places in South America as well, and uh, a few places in Africa even. So I, I uh, if Canada Post goes there, my products will go there. <laughs> wow, that is so so exciting! You've really you've made your reach around the world. Yeah, there's yeah, <laughs> super cool. Well, thanks for joining me for a chat. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. You can hear more inspiring and insightful conversations by subscribing to the podcast or following Business Babes broadcast on social media. Keep up the hard work, Business Babes. Keep struggling forward and taking care of yourself along the way. Be inspired by someone. Be inspired by a brand you love, an artist you love, but don't copy them.